What is up? We are back on this Tuesday, April 27th. Shout out to my mom. Happy birthday, mom. Love you. Episode birthday, 50, mom. episode 56 of Football Life Presents the Audible. Goat edition. 40 years ago on this day, the New York Giants selected the greatest defensive football player of all time. And Lawrence Taylor, Matt Bushnell, who reminds you of number 56? Oh, God. Uh, for the Bears, Bill Hewitt. But for the White Sox, Mark Burley. Okay. It's a perfect game. No hitter. I'm going to go with the White Sox. I like it. I like it. Uh, we have a special episode for you today. We're doing our very first ever live mock draft, and we have a special guest. You see him on your screen, Lucas Albert, a new Football Life admin. Lucas, welcome to the Audible. How you doing? Pretty good, and thanks for having me. Ready to ready to draft. <laughs> ready to draft. Yes, so Lucas is a uh, tortured Minnesota Vikings fan, so it's going to be nice to have him on the show to yeah. talk about some Vikings. Uh, he's going to pick for the Vikings, and I should add, all of us are going to pick for our respective teams, but I should mention before the draft or before this mock draft, um, the Giants, my New York Giants traded with Matt Bushnell, the Chicago Bears, the Giants moving back to 20 and getting a third round pick this year while the Bears move up to pick 11. So we'll see what the Bears are looking to do there at 11. Uh, I think they have their eyes on a quarterback, but Matt Bushnell, let's get it started off here. You were picking first and the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. Yes, they are. Give me a moment. Um, we are getting it booted up. Yes, and this isn't going to come as a surprise, the first two picks most likely, but, um, you know, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts and comments on, on the Facebook Live uh, comment section. Let us know who you want your team to pick or, you know, maybe some surprises here and there. But, uh, you know, this whole draft process, it seems to me that the, you know, the first two picks are basically locks. I and, mean, you know, you can love Zach Wilson or not, but it seems like he's going second overall. Lucas, I haven't gotten a ton of your thoughts on the draft process here, but, you know, besides Lawrence, do you love any of these quarterbacks? I do. I do really like uh, Trey Lance. Um, I really. I. I think the small school thing is is hard to tell. Um, I, mm -hmm. I, but I think Wentz. I mean, if you take out the injuries and you know some of the little indecisiveness with Wentz, I think he's still been really solid. If I kind of compare him to that, just being from a small school, but mm -hmm. um, I really like Lance. Um, Fields, uh, maybe. Uh, I can't tell. I, it, he's kind of a crapshoot with me. Uh, it, it just seems like it, I, I can't tell, honestly. But uh, And Wilson, I honestly have not seen a, a lot of tape on Wilson. But uh, obviously, he's pretty much a consensus number two pick. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'd really go case that outside alone. Pretty much pretty much Trey Lance, I, I think, is going to be okay. something. All right. You're a big Trey Lance guy. I don't think I'm necessarily the biggest Trey Lance guy, but uh, if you're looking at the success rate, as our Corey Decker points out in the comment section, the success rate for North Dakota State University quarterbacks is probably better in the NFL than Ohio State quarterbacks. So if you wanted to give Trey Lance a shot, you might have better odds than if you gave uh, you know, Justin Fields a shot. Uh, Matt Bushnell, how are we looking here with the mock draft simulator? All right. We are up and running. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock, just so everyone kind of knows the rules. Everyone gets five minutes to make a pick i seriously doubt we're all going to be using the five minutes as we all know trevor lawrence is a slam dunk number one overall pick for so many for so many right reasons so without any further ado in the 2021 football life mock draft the jacksonville jaguars are selecting trevor lawrence quarterback clemson <laughs> 
All right, Matt. Um, this doesn't come to any surprise to anyone here. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, we've talked about him on the show, is heralded as the best quarterback prospect uh, in the last 10 years. Um, probably the best one since Luck, and even before that, the best one since John Elway, which is high praise for a guy who only lost two games in his collegiate career. Um, Matt, you're the, you're the tape guy. You, you break it down. You understand this stuff more than anyone else I know. Tell me why Trevor Lawrence is as can't miss of a quarterback prospect you've seen in the last several decades. You can take a look at a lot of the things. His mechanics are flawless. He gets rid of the ball quickly. He has a fast release. His footwork is impeccable. He's able to read defenses. He's highly intelligent. A lot of the stuff that you'll see is um, some people may come out against him for, you know, maybe he doesn't love football as much as you hoped he would. But at the end of the day, what makes Trevor Lawrence as special as he is, he's been in the big moments. He's been to college football's biggest stage multiple times, always in the spotlight and has always performed. Trevor Lawrence has the arm talent, the accuracy talent, everything that you want. He's athletic for a kid that's six foot six to be able to move that he does and able to diagnose defenses where the zone is at, where the blitz is coming from. If they're playing man or man zone combo, it's one of the most elite quarterback prospects that you're going to see coming out of a draft or coming out of college into a draft since Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck's main staple was his intelligence. Um, Andrew Andrew Luck doesn't have the athletic ability that Trevor Lawrence is coming in with. That's what makes Trevor Lawrence unique. He has the safest floor in the entire draft of any of these players. You know exactly what you're getting from day one. Trevor Lawrence, slam dunk number one pick. The Jacksonville Jaguars getting their guy right off the top and take notes. Jaguars, if you're watching, uh, this does not have to take the entire allotted time. <laughs> so on Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you do not have to waste our everyone's time and take <laughs> all 10 minutes. We know what you're picking. Uh, just do us a favor and get it out of the way so we can move on with our lives. <laughs> but yes, Trevor Lawrence, all, all I, I cannot state it any better than Matt Bushnell did. So we're going to move on here. I am picking second for the New York Jets and uh you know what? They seem to have made up their mind as well uh, here. They desperately need a quarterback. They traded Sam Darnold, the former third overall pick in 2018, did not work out well for them. They have a, a new coaching staff in there. Uh, Joe Douglas, the GM, looks to turn things around. They want a whole new uh, look here. Uh, and they want to bring in a guy that they believe could be the not. I know I shared an article earlier, the Jets quarterback woes for the last 45 years. And it's always just trying to replace Namath. And our friend Jacob Anthony Moses said, like, stop trying to be Namath. Just be yourself and be successful. Uh, they've had some flashes in the pan. Um, Vinny Testaverde, Chad Pennington. But overall, the Jets quarterback history is a long and pretty sad one when you consider that Ryan Fitzpatrick holds the single season passing touchdown record in 2015 uh, in a season the Saints didn't even make the playoffs. So uh, I don't love the guy, but all I have no uh, reason to believe they're not going to pick him. But the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, is going to be the pick here at number two, Matt Bushnell. So you could put that on the board for me there. Um, you know, Zach Wilson, only one year as a starter, but uh, really lit up his conference, has great arm talent, uh, really makes things happen on the run, is sort of a uh, play-it-by-ear quarterback where he can kind of improvise and make plays with his legs. I love that aspect of him. I think he needs to improve on uh, his progressions big time. I think he needs to stay in the pocket more and trust his eyes, uh, learn to identify linebackers. I learned to identify coverage because those things are going to get him in trouble in the NFL if he doesn't do that. Um, he has a lot of raw skills that 
need to be honed in, but I think the Jets coaching staff with Robert Salah and their new offensive coordinator um, can really do that for him. So um, regardless of the Jets quarterbacks uh, in the past, I think a new regime in here can uh, welcome a quarterback in and put him in a position to succeed. Uh, Zach Wilson at number two uh, is the pick. I don't know what you guys think, but uh, that's what the Jets are going to go with at two. Um, All right. Yeah, no, I was just going to add Zach Wilson, elite arm strength, probably the strongest arm in this entire draft. Um, really, it doesn't get much better arm strength wise than Zach Wilson. His mechanics are nice and compact. You're not really going to have to work on that too much for Zach Wilson. For the Jets here, it makes a lot of sense. I like the pick. All right, Lucas, uh, we're going to move on to number three. You have the so far the, the earliest, hardest decision to make, uh, the one that we are not exactly sure what's gonna, how it's going to shake out here. Uh, but number three, the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock. What are they going to do? Um, I actually went back and forth on this for a while. Obviously, I knew where, pretty much 100% where you guys were going to go with the first two picks. So mm-hmm. I went back and forth as the Niners probably are right now or assumingly have already made their pick. But uh, I went ahead and did go with uh, Trey Lance. I was going between Trey Lance Ooh. and um, and Mac Jones. But I'm thinking, and and honestly, I think they probably will pick Mac Jones. Um, I, I don't. I think that's probably where they're going to go. But I'm also thinking, why would you trade up for something that's basically what you already have in Garoppolo or what you could get in, in other ways? Is uh, like what everyone thinks about Mac Jones. So I don't know. Lance just seems like. He would offer something. I thought about Fields as well, but I think um, I think uh, Shanahan will really see a project with uh, with Lance and really want to jump in jump in with him and, and see what he can build him up into. Uh, I'm I couldn't I just couldn't go with Jones. If it was my pick, I just couldn't pick Mac Jones. That's the one, so I, kinda, <laughs> I, I definitely uh, decided to just go ahead with Trey Lance and. Uh, have him be the franchise for the San Francisco 49ers. All right. So what are some of the things that separate him from, you know, Mac Jones and, and Jimmy Garoppolo that he can offer to the 49ers? Well, just the, the athletic ability, just being able to get and move outside the pocket a little bit um, with uh, Garoppolo. I mean, you're, I, what is it like the highest percentage of, of passes thrown behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, at or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, maybe just a little bit more arm talent there or something that could be built up into it. Um, same thing, uh, saying the same thing about Jones is, is how I see them both. Um, I really think that if you're going to move up and go away from what you have or what you, you know, what you could also have in the draft um, or what you already have with uh, Garoppolo, I think they go with Lance or um, uh, Fields. But I, I, I don't know. I think Shanahan will really like the project with, uh, with Lance here. Wow, Matt Bushnell, you uh, you and I have spoken about Trey Lance in the past, and we're not as high uh, on <laughs> Trey Lance. But, uh, Matt, I want to hear your reaction here uh, on Trey Lance going number three to the 49ers. Well, this is where the quarterback position falls off a cliff for a lot of <laughs> us. Um, he's better than Fields. He's better than Jones. Uh, Trey Lance offers a ceiling that is extremely high. And this is actually a really good landing spot for him. Um, This or Atlanta would have been the perfect two spots for Trey Lance. Anywhere else he goes, I really question the long-term viability of his uh, development. 
here in San Francisco, perfect place. He gets to sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, exactly what Lucas said, gets to work on it. And this is the NFC West's worst nightmare come true, where they don't take Mac Jones, exactly what Lucas said. You, you already have it in Jimmy Garoppolo. Mac Jones is Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe a little bit of a stronger arm, but this is a home run draft pick. I, I don't like the value at three, but Trey Lance, if he sits and if he reaches that ceiling, he's going to be the best quarterback in the NFC West. Wow. Look, I, I don't know if this is the direction that they go, but I agree with both of you on this aspect that Kyle Shanahan is probably the best player, uh, best coach to have a player go to, especially on the offensive side of the ball to develop. Uh, you've seen so many quarterbacks have success under Kyle Shanahan from Andy Dalton to Kirk Cousins to Matt Ryan to Jimmy G uh, and so on and so forth. So regardless of who goes here, I like the situation for them. Uh, Maybe Trey Lance uh, can turn into the guy that they need. And if you trade up to three, you have to be sold on the guy and he's going to have to play pretty soon. So if it's Trey Lance, then, you know, so be it. Congratulations to the 49ers, our friend Henry Maldonado Jr. getting his quarterback. And it's not Mac Jones. So I know he's really looking forward to that. All right. So three picks in the book. One, one uh, kind of surprise already here. Thanks to our friend Lucas. Uh, <laughs> so let's go to number four. The Atlanta Falcons uh, remain at four for now. Matt Bushnell, you are on the clock here. Uh, new GM here, new head coach. Uh, they have a, many different directions they could go. Rumors about tr- potentially trading Julio Jones. Um, they could blow the whole thing up or they could, you know, continue to be dedicated to Matt Ryan. Uh, what do you see the Atlanta Falcons doing here at four? So Atlanta's kind of in a weird position here. I think they have a lot of pieces at wide receiver with Calvin Ridley. Um, we don't know if they're going to trade Julio Jones, like you said. And then you pair that with Gage, who really came out last year and maybe they believe in him. So wide receiver doesn't immediately look like a need. Mm-hmm. Um, Tight end position, Kyle Pitts is sitting out there, and you're thinking, man, that could be a really, really decent pick. Offensive line, not a huge issue for this team. When we take a look at Atlanta and everything that they have, and we take a look at the leads that they have blown, Uh um, this is where Matt Bushnell, the GM, comes into play here, and I've had my eye on this guy for a long time. I think he's the best defensive player in this draft. So at number four – the Atlanta Falcons are taking Patrick Sertain the second wow. out of Alabama University. Wow. Let's go! Woo! Wow, what a shocker. I mean, I love the pick for the Falcons. Me and you both agree that he's the best defensive player in this draft, and the Falcons are so pathetic on defense. And they, like you have mentioned, they've blown so many leads. I love this pick for them. Uh, he is an absolute stud at corner. I love the size, love the physicality. He's going to have to match up with a lot of good receivers there in the NFC South. Love this move for the Atlanta Falcons. Lucas Albert, what do you make of the Falcons' decision here for? I actually like this as well. Um, I, I think that uh, adding cornerback, I mean, really, if, I, I think if you're just unsure of what to do, if you, if, I mean, not that this is the case with, with Matt or the Falcons here, I, I just think that cornerback uh, is, is a really high-rated position for me. Um, so much is done in the passing game. It's such a tough position to play. So I think that drafting high there is, is smart um, in any case. Um, like, agree with you guys, best defensive player in the draft. And I think that I – that Atlanta was one of the worst pass defenses last year as well, if I'm not mistaken. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's a great pick. That's a, that's a money pick, 100%. 
look, you're in a division and you have already Michael Thomas, you have Mike Evans, uh, you got Chris Godwin, you, you got DJ, uh, DJ Moore, uh, you got a lot of talented receivers in this division and you don't have a ton of players to cover these guys. So the Falcons addressing a massive need, a little high. I don't think they got proper value here, but they, it reminds me of the Giants picking Andrew Thomas at four last year where they probably tested the waters on trading back couldn't get the exact haul that they would have liked. Um, and they settled for someone that they believed was the best player available or best fit. Uh, Matt Bushnell, uh, Patrick Sertain, you know, on the Falcons, maybe they can sort of rekindle some magic they had back with Dion back in the day. Well, and I think this, what comes into play is that you had three quarterbacks taken. And I, I think there's one team that thought more of Mac Jones than anyone else at that spot and that was the San Francisco 49ers. Uh They took Trey Lance, and that killed the value at four for a lot of things because they know Fields is going to fall. They know Jones is going to fall. So do you take a wide receiver when it's not a position of need? No. Offensively, we talked about it. It wasn't the problem for this football team. I have Patrick Sertain as the third best player in this draft. Uh So the value of getting him at four matches up. It aligns. I I love the value here. I think it makes a ton of sense. And Patrick Sertain is going to be that shutdown corner. That's six, two. Remember, like we talked about, you're going to have a guy like Mike Evans, who's six, five playing for Tampa Bay. How Uh do you stop Tom Brady? You have to get a shutdown corner. You have to improve defensively. There's not that standout edge rusher here. So at this point, you draft defense, you go with the best defensive player, the best player on the board, Patrick Sertain, he's now gone. Absolutely stunned at that pick at four. It's bad news for the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals later in this draft, I have a feeling. All right, I am on the clock here at five with the Cincinnati Bengals. Now they have a decision to make. Um, you know, everyone wants them to pick a receiver or they want to, you know, Jamar Chase is available. Um, you know, now that Kyle Pitts is available, it's, just, you know, this giant target for Joe Burrow just staring at me in the face. Um, but I'm under the belief that, you know, Joe Burrow has the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for the next decade. I know he tore his knee up, but I have, he's not the most mobile guy. He's a pocket guy. He's so insanely accurate. I love his, uh, defensive recognition. I love his pre-snap. I just love the head he has on his shoulders. I have no concern about him coming back from the knee. I do have a concern about the people protecting him and his knee. So you can throw it to any receivers you want and they can get over, uh, get um, open as fast as they want. Um, but if you cannot protect the quarterback, it doesn't matter. To me, uh, you got to go offensive lineman here. It looks like we might have lost our Facebook live feed. So we'll be back there. And as soon as we get that situated, yeah, let's, um, just, let's pause this for a second. Okay. Uh, just dropped out on me on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I just saw it too. So we are gonna, for our for our people listening on our audio platform, just hang with us. <laughs> Technical difficulties because we do like having our Facebook Live friends watch um, these episodes as well. So we are. Yeah, and play. you know, for our audio only listeners, I'll continue. But um, the Bengals, you know, they had a terrible offensive line, and part of the problem when you're picking top of the draft every year is you're not a great team already. Uh, you throw Joe Burrow into a situation last year where he doesn't have a great offensive line. Uh, he he has some good receivers, he has some talent around him, but overall, you got to be able to protect your young studs. So. 
Uh, I think this is going to be a trend for some other teams who picked quarterbacks high in the draft the last few years. This is, seems to be a trend every time a quarterback goes in the first round the year before you realize that this is uh, a big investment that you've just made. Now you need to put some, put some insurance on that investment here. And I think the best way to protect a uh, quarterback uh, is by drafting the offensive line. So there's a, an easy choice here at five that I will announce once we get our live situation uh, um, figured out. Uh, once again, Lucas, I'll just get your thoughts here at five. Uh, if you're the Bengals, uh, you know, what, what are you thinking here? I actually totally agree with the, your thought process on uh, taking the quarterback, especially given, I mean, the obvious example that Burrow, you know, has the, has the ACL blowout last year. So, um, yeah, I, I can assume I know who you're picking. I, I totally agree. <laughs> I think um, you got to protect him. You know, I, I think that wide receiver, it seems like it's, it's almost year after year now. It seems that there's just these great classes. So I, I don't think that it's going to be that hard to find someone for Joe Burrow to throw to. Um, and they actually have some decent receivers now. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally agree with uh, the pick I assume you're going to make. So, yeah, absolutely. Look, and I think we're back on Facebook Live here. So uh, give me a, uh, someone in the comments, give me a heads up here. It looks like we are. Um, but yeah, they have Tyler Boyd. Um, they have uh, T. Higgins, who really came on last year, who played really well. They lose A.J. Green, which he didn't offer too much anymore at this point in his career. Um, I know, Corey Richman, you're, you're, you're begging for pits here, and I understand the importance of a tight end position. But I just think when you have a guy who already has an injury as serious as, as Burrow has, you, you have to go offensive line. So uh, with the fifth pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the Cincinnati Bengals select Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle, Oregon, the best offensive lineman in this draft. Um, Matt Bushnell and I have talked about him before. You even said he could be potentially the next Orlando Pace. And if that's the case, we're looking at a Hall of Fame level offensive line talent. So I think the Bengals nailed this pick here at five. Cincinnati Bengals with a number five pick in the NFL draft select Panay Sewell out of the University of Oregon. The Miami Dolphins are now on the clock. <clears throat> Great pick here for Sewell and the Bengals. I couldn't agree more. Like, I don't want to echo too much of what we already hammered mm -hmm. home here, yeah. but this is such a no-brainer. Sewell, at first, he's going to be a little bit rocky, rough around the edges, so you're hoping that he's able to develop. If he reaches the ceiling, it's Orlando Pesosk. I mean, he's a shut-down bookend left tackle that will be there for your franchise through thick and thin. Um, to me, your best friend for a young quarterback is a left tackle. Give him that protection. So really a no-brainer pick here for the Bengals. So the Dolphins now on the clock, and our friend Lucas, now uh, you are on the clock with the Dolphins. Uh, you can go a number of different directions here, and, you know, they're being mocked, you know, receiver. They could probably use an offensive lineman here. PFF on our uh, mock draft simulator that we're using now says they need a tackle, a guard, a defensive lineman, an edge. Uh, but you look at the receiving core, you know, Devontae Parker kind of falls off from there. They have a good tight end already, Mike Gusecki. But, uh, you know, you can't help but to think of what Kyle Pitts would look like in that offense so Lucas talk me through your thought process here for the Dolphins at six I went through a couple different things here I thought about Pitts I really did it was really between two people because I figured uh Sewell would be off the board um I'm, and with the Dolphins I'm thinking he, he really needs someone to throw the ball here too and the one wide receiver that kind of I think sets himself apart while there is one or two other ones that I really like as well but um the wide receiver that I think 
totally sets himself apart is uh, Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's who I'm going to go with with the Miami Dolphins is Jamar Chase. Um, big guy, uh, I think it was 41 plays of 15 yards or more while um, it's uh, LSU. So it, I think this is a no-brainer pick for them. Uh, Pitts, I, or I guess I shouldn't say no-brainer because I did, I did go back and forth with Pitts again, but I really like Chase. Um, I think he's a no-brainer outside, fits into any scheme. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Jamar Chase here. Now, question for you, because I, I tend to agree that I think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in this draft, but does the opting out at all bother you? Because all of the tape you watch is from 2019, and you know, there's fans in the stands. He's got Joe Burrow throwing to him. It feels like a whole another world <laughs> since the last time he played. Does that uh, affect you at all, or do you think it will impact him at the next level? I took that into consideration as well, but it doesn't seem that, it, I mean, at least on most mock draft boards and everything, it doesn't seem to be scaring any, anyone else away. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just going to stick with that. If anything, I can't say it helps them at, you know, 20, 21 years old <laughs> to sit out a year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that that, that, that scares them away. Um, it, it seems to be with most NFL teams that they were pretty cool about um, guys. I mean, depending on, you know, your front office and ownership and everything like that were pretty decent about people sitting out last year if they did. So I don't think, I don't think any GM or front office is really going to be scared away by that. Um, as long as he's looking like he's in good shape and everything. Yeah. I love this weapon for Tua who really struggled in his rookie year, considering how great Burrow and Justin Herbert played as rookies as well. So this should help uh, the development of Tua Tungavailoa in Miami. So I love the pick here at six. Uh, now at seven, Matt Bushnell, the pressure is on here uh, for you and the Detroit Lions. Uh, we have an angry Lions fan in the comments who <laughs> wants a specific player. Uh, you know, the Lions have a playmaker already, a tight end, TJ Hawkinson. So you're going to go Kyle Pitts here. Talk, talk to me about number seven with the Detroit Lions. So the Lions are in a very complicated situation here. They have a lot mm-hmm. of needs, a new head coach. You, you want to kind of set an attitude and kind of develop what your what direction your team's going to go. With that being said, they lost Kenny Galladay. That, that mm-hmm. leaves, you know, a, a minor hole, depending on how you feel Galladay, if you're mm-hmm. a Giants or Lions fan. Um, at, at the end of the day, Kyle Pitts is the best player on the board. And this is classic need versus best player available. Do you take the best player available or do you take a need? They need a wide receiver. Pitts has been kind of compared to Evan Engram, who a lot of people think is more of a wide receiver than he is a tight Mm -hmm. end. Um, I do like TJ Hawkinson. Two tight end sets really help in the NFL, but you just can't ignore the big playability of a Jalen Waddle or a Devontae Smith. However, my issues with Waddle is one year of really outstanding production, and this year was supposed to be his breakout year. This was the year for Jalen Waddle, and then it turned into Devontae Smith. And we got booted off of Facebook got, again. Yes, we did. All right. What's so going on today? we are going to pause that thought here and we are going to try to go live again. It is not cooperating. Um, our audience, just please bear with us here on our audio <laughs> streaming devices yet again. Yeah, technical difficulties like crazy today. Uh, <laughs> but 
you know, the Lions, if, if Pitts were to fall, I, I think they have to kind of weigh with their roster already. You, you're, you traded Matt Stafford for Jared Goff. Uh, you have TJ Hawkinson as pretty much your lone playmaking pass catcher at this point. Um, I think that you kind of have to go a, a guy who can stretch the field more so than a guy who, I mean, I think Pitts can stretch the field, but as a tight end, um, I, I would want a guy with more speed who can play on the outside. So like, I tend to agree with you on your thought process, but I don't know who you're going to pick. I mean, Pitts still would be, I'm sure, I'm sure Lions fans would love him, but I think you already have that position uh, already uh, set up pretty well on the team. So um, I would probably go wide receiver for them. <clears throat> it is the second time we get booted. So please bear with us, uh, technical difficulties. Yep, and we are going live at... It's going again, so just give us a minute here, audience. Like like I said, we, we like to involve our Facebook Live audience as well. And we... Do, 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 do. Okay, it appears that... Let's see what it does for us this time, ladies and gents. Looks like we're back uh, on, on Facebook Live now. Yep, it appears so. So... All right. Yep. We are live. I'm going to mark this again as our announcements. Thanks for bearing with us, everyone. Uh, Lucas, thanks. I mean, that's your first time. Typically, it doesn't happen like this. Oh, so no. thank you for, for bearing with us. Uh, Lucas is a trooper. Uh, we're getting to his Minnesota Vikings here uh, shortly, uh, and that'll be an interesting decision for him and his franchise. But Matt Bushley, you're still on the clock with the Detroit Lions. Uh, why don't you continue with what your thought process was and where you're going to go with the pick? Okay. Give me a second. <laughs> Oh, we're still we're still launching up the mock draft simulator here on Facebook Live. Oh man, uh, Detroit Lions—they just don't want the Detroit Lions to pick here, Leon. I think this is a sign of things for you that you're not going to want to watch on Thursday night. To see uh, who the Lions pick in a post Matt Stafford world. <laughs> yep, and and we should be it should be popping up here again. So we're hoping there it is. There, there we go. Yay. <laughs> All right. Matt Bush, I'll take it away. Detroit Lions at seven. All right. So the Detroit Lions at seven. I know we got five minutes per pick. So um, let's. We get booted again, it looks like. What is going on here with Facebook? Well, this is a disaster. Yeah. Uh, you know, most mock drafts are. Let's see. Live on Facebook. Uh, um, next up will be YouTube. Uh -huh. I don't know. My internet's strong. It's not my internet. Football Life presents the Audible. Man, this I is going to be a Facebook a, problem. Yeah, Facebook is booting us. You want to tell Henry and um? Yeah, we're talking about. Okay. So. 53 or 53, 56, part four, <laughs> part four, uh, NFL, NFL draft, uh, shared a group, God, I'm friends with most of these people that are watching, I should just go live on my own timeline, but, all right, football life, Go live. Let's see if this fixes the problem. If we get booted again, we might have to try something else. Yeah, well, I'm not going to pin it as an announcement. So it will just be left as is. 
But let's tag the people when we do go. Yep, that's what we'll do. Okay, we're live again. All right. Let's see if this time works, Facebook Live, folks. Uh, this is uh, a different uh, <laughs> scenario than what we're used to. Uh, we don't typically get booted this many times. So thank you guys for bearing with us. Yeah, this is really uh, uncharted territory for us. So, Lucas, you're still there, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. All right, just want to make He's sure. He's a trooper. <laughs> yeah, I can't even complain. I was the first podcast I was on. I was I was having all types of headphone problems and everything, so <laughs> I can't I can't complain. Leon says the skip the lion's picket is always doomed for disaster. <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's the problem we're really having here is that <laughs> maybe Facebook just doesn't want us uh, to make a pick for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, leave it to the Detroit Lions. <laughs> I caught all that flack for the Vikings missing two picks, and here the Lions are taking twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're back. We're back, and I'm not making this an announcement. This is not going to be an announcement, ladies and gentlemen. The Detroit Lions, without any further ado, at number seven, they get the best player available to follow oh, them. No. They're taking Kyle Pitts out of the University of Florida tight end. The Carolina Panthers are now on the clock. Oh, wow. There you go, Leon. You get your pick. Uh <laughs> Kyle Pitts matching, pairing up with TJ Hawkinson there in Detroit. Um, I think he's a, you know, he's a stud. Uh, that That's going to be really good for Jared Goff. Uh, the catch radius, the ability to spread him out and his speed. Uh, he's a, he's a, in the ultimate weapon. And uh, I think that Detroit Lions will be very happy with that. All right. We're moving on to number eight. I am on the clock here with the Carolina Panthers. And I got to say the Carolina Panthers were salivating at the idea of getting Kyle Pitts to throw into their offense. Um, but now that is not happening. But what is happening is that they're going to make a trade and they're going to trade uh, if it allows me to um, with the New England Patriots at 15. All right. Give me a second here. Cause this is uncharted territory. <laughs> We are going to conduct a trade. So this is a live trade that we have going on here. Carolina Panthers are trading with the New England Patriots. What is the compensation? Patriots so New England, New England is going to give up the 15th pick this year, the 46th pick this year, and their first round pick in 2022 for the Carolina Panthers' eighth pick and a next year's fourth round pick. Uh, I hold on. Wait, what? So say that again. For was Carolina giving up? Carolina is giving up the eighth overall pick and a fourth round pick next year. All right, and they're getting the fifteenth, forty sixth, and, and a first the, rounder next year. All right, here we go. On the clock is the New England Patriots at Let's number go. eight. So they saw the quarterback that they want that fell. Um, and they didn't expect him to, but he's there at eight, and it is Mac Jones, quarterback of Alabama. 
Phil Belichick gets his guy at eight. They thought they were going to go for Justin Fields, but they love Mac Jones Mm. that much more. And they trade up to get him because they didn't think he was going to make it past the Denver Broncos at nine. Bill Belichick finally gets his Tom Brady successor. All those moves they made in free agency, they get their quarterback in Mac Jones. The first time Bill Belichick's ever traded up in the first round to get their guy. Wow. Um, I'm speechless with this trade. I think Mac Jones is an average pedestrian quarterback. And this is actually great news for the Bears. The the Mm -hmm. Bears contingency is very happy right now as we were hoping that we wouldn't have to make a decision. And I think that the Denver Broncos are going to take care of any headaches that will present themselves. But um, Mac Jones has good arm strength, not great, really accurate, but like we talked about the Jimmy Garoppolo clone. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of his passes at or behind the line of scrimmage and playing in new England and Foxborough. Um, I, I think this was a reach. I hate this at eight. Absolutely terrible pick at number eight. Well, Belichick fell in love with this guy, Mac Jones. Uh, you know, he's got Alabama ties, him and Nick Saban are boys. Um, he just thinks he can recreate the magic that he had with Tom Brady once upon a time. Lucas, uh, you know, is this uh, a shocking decision for you to make your decision a little bit harder at nine? What do you make of Mac Jones? Uh, didn't, didn't make my decision harder. Uh, shocking. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I do, I, I do agree with the thought process to a degree though. I, um, especially I didn't really think about the Saban Belichick thing as well, but, uh, and I do think that there's some comparable things to Brady, I guess, but is it, I, I don't know if it's, if it's, if they're necessarily good, <laughs> like if it's mm-hmm. just, you know, not, not very versatile. I, I don't know, but um, I, I don't know. I don't eat it. Uh, but no, I, I, I don't see it happening either, but I, but then again, that's, that's Belichick. So I guess I do see it happening. I, I could see, I could see both. Yeah. I could see it not happening or, I, I can see it. Yeah, I, I like Mac Jones. I, I liked him more than I expected to when I went and watched the tape. I thought he was very accurate. Uh, I like the way he read defenses. I understand that when you play at Alabama, you're playing with the best of the best. He, he's played with how many first-round wide receivers? He played with the Heisman Trophy winner this year, another guy who's going to get picked in the top 15 and Jalen Waddle as well. Uh, he, he had a ton of players around him to elevate his game. But I think Bill Belichick is a guy who could see that and say, well, if I put players around him at the next level, he could be successful as well. So I think he has uh, the right fundamentals. I think his techniques are good. I think his throwing motion is good. I think a lot of the things he does translates well to the next level. Whereas a guy like Justin Fields, I worry about his throwing motion. I worry about how he just literally holds the ball in his hands. Like that's some things that I think are hard to fix at the next level. So I think Bill Belichick's picking a guy that he thinks he can build off of uh, in Mac Jones. I don't, trading up is maybe a little bit of a reach, maybe the spot that he was taking a little bit of a reach, but hey, this is my thought process as me pretending to be Bill Belichick. Is this what's going to happen on Thursday? I could promise you there's no chance in hell that's what happens happens on Thursday but it's a mock draft and we're having fun with it uh and now the Denver Broncos are on the clock here at nine and Lucas you have the pick I went a couple different ways here um I've kind of went back and forth on it even as we've been started as as we started the podcast but I think I'm gonna go ahead and pick JC Horn cornerback out of South Carolina Okay. With the Denver Broncos, Denver Broncos, son of uh, Joe Horn. Uh, nice. Hopefully he pulls out a cell phone as well. But uh, thinking with Fangio on the defense, you know, I, I thought they were going to go defense. I, I really like uh, Jalen Waddle. 
from Alabama. Mm-hmm. So I almost just picked him just because, you know, I'm the GM of the Broncos for this moment, but um, also thought linebacker as well. But um, yeah, I, I think Horn on the outside, uh, good size, um, good, good, just good physical ability. Um, I guess his footwork isn't that great, but I think that's always something that needs to be worked on with most cornerbacks coming in the NFL. But um, yeah, I, I do think the Broncos will go defense here. And I can see it being on the outside with uh, J.C. Horn from South Carolina. I think it's a great fit for the Broncos. I think he really could fit into, you know, I always think of the Broncos in 2015 as having this nasty in-your-face defense. That's the kind of guy J.C. Horn is. He's got that uh, cornerback personality. And I I compared him uh, to Josh Norman last week, and I I think that's exactly what Denver's looking for on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Matt Bushnell, what do you make of J.C. Horn here at nine? I know that Corey Decker's pretty disappointed that uh, he didn't fall to the Cardinals there uh, at 16. Yeah, I, I think what you see out of J.C. Horn is a, a cornerback that's going to be not scared not scared to challenge you. He's a tone setter. Um, I like his hands. I think his hands are very underrated. I think you're going to see a lot more uh, ball hawking corner out of him. Th- there's things that do worry me with technique. His hip placement coming in and out of wide receiver cuts is a little worrisome. But at nine, I, I like this pick a lot. It's one of those picks where you kind of like, huh, not a need, but it makes sense. Now you got Kyle Fuller and J.C. Horn uh-huh. tandem. I mean, that might be in a year or two one of the best cornerback duos if they can re-sign Fuller long-term in the NFL. So I think it's a solid pick for Denver at nine. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Uh, I I didn't expect this pick, but I definitely love the fit with Denver. Uh, You know, I think their defense really wasn't that great. And when you're playing in the division against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and uh, even, you know, Derek Carr has flashes here and there, you need to be able to defend. So I think this made the Broncos a hell of a lot better uh, here at nine. Uh, now, Matt Bushnell, you have the next two picks, um, and we, we did, didn't make the changes in the rundown quite yet to the 11th pick, but so why don't you kick us off here. Number 10, the Dallas Cowboys are now on the clock. Yep, so Dallas finds themselves in a very weird position. Mm-hmm. They valued Patrick Sertain a lot. Like, that was the guy they wanted, and him going at four, and then the board falling the way it has, seeing J.C. Horn go next is mm-hmm. kind of a blow to them, but – Dallas is going to take a chance. They're no history. They're no stranger to injury history. They are going to be taking Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern Ooh. University. Wow, technique master. Wow, this is early from Newsom. You know the the cornerback run run has begun. I love this because as a Giants fan who hates the Cowboys, this reminds me so much of the Giants picking Eli Apple at 10 in 2016, that guys they wanted were picked ahead of them. They didn't move. They didn't adjust their thought process and they just picked position of need and they didn't get a guy that was very successful. So this is exactly, that's exactly where my mind goes to here with this pick at 10 for the Cowboys. Lucas, what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I, I do agree. I feel I, I think Dallas will will feel the pressure to to grab a cornerback quick if uh, if the uh, Broncos do do go uh, horn before them or, or another cornerback. But um, yeah, I think it's a good fit for them. Uh, definitely a team need, and uh, yeah, technique guy. That's someone that you can plug in. I would assume pretty quickly 
um, and, and be able to play. So, yeah, I, I'd like, I think, the Cowboys. All right, now, so uh, Matt Bushnell, at the 11th pick we announced before the draft, the Giants and Bears agreed on a trade. So now actually on the clock is the Chicago Bears at 11, the Giants receiving the 20th pick in return and a third round pick this year, and the Bears get the 11th pick. So you want to make those changes for us on the board while I do the same on mine, uh, and then we can talk about the pick you're about to make. Yep, the, the Bears are here picking at 11th. Um, like Randy said, the Giants move down to 20, but also pick up the 83rd overall pick in this year's draft. Chicago has a lot of needs, and it's a team in transition. Um, we saw that the offensive line wasn't very good. Wide receivers, they have Allen Robinson. And if you don't know who Darnell Mooney is yet, you need to know that name quickly because that kid is going to be a breakout star at wide receiver. Quarterback's a problem. It has been well documented. They have Nick Foles under contract and they have Andy Dalton under contract. So it would make sense to draft a quarterback here, but there's just not a quarterback we love. Mm. The biggest need, and this played out perfectly to Bears brass. This is exactly what we wanted. We knew that we were going to be in a spot to land a cornerback or an offensive tackle. Mm -hmm. And the day one left tackle is on the board and the bears are taking Rashawn Slater out mm -hmm. of the university of Northwestern. Just, just let me be the GM. Perfect. <laughs> Technique wise. kid is ready to go. On. His footwork's perfect. Hand placement. Perfect. You worry about length with the arms. I don't think it's going to be a huge issue here where Sean Slater is going to be a 12 to 15 year staple at left tackle for a franchise that desperately needs this. It's a huge win for Chicago. Everyone's happy. I, I know you promised uh, to make Bears fans happy uh, with this move. And I, I love the move for the Bears. Uh, their offensive line was a mess last year. Uh, but I don't know if investing protection into Andy Dalton is really going to make Bears fans <laughs> that happy. Um, but, Lucas, you're the Vikings fan here in the same division as the Chicago Bears. What do you make of this move for your division rival? Uh, definitely a team need for us as well. Uh, was a player I was looking at. I did not – I thought he would be gone, though, so – glad I didn't look at him too long but uh yeah it stays home uh Northwestern uh going up Evanston up to Soldier Field so that's that's probably a good fit there as well um definitely you, you either go I think when you're you know rebuilding in a sense uh you know kind of go offensive tackle or quarterback first on on that side of the ball when you, when you find the value but I think too many teams think they need to get the the quarterback first so I actually like the like the pick here go go left tackle get them protected when they first come in. I, I do like this pick. Yeah, Matt Bushnell, look, yeah, I, I wish – I think Bears fans probably wish they invested more on the offensive line when they had Mitch Trubisky. Um, but also the aspect here now is you, what you're playing with is potential deja vu with the Bears. In the comment section, uh, Matt <laughs> Nealon says that now with passing on fields means that he's going to turn into a, an all-time great, <laughs> which uh, – and, and the history of the Bears shows that, that that could be accurate now. Yeah, I think Fields, like we talked about it so many times, the mechanics are such a huge issue. It takes them forever to get rid of the football. It's going to allow those corners to break on it. Uh, you can almost guarantee that 
with Green Bay addressing defense in this draft, I, I think cornerbacks a need for a lot of these teams, but th this team's far away. They're closer to being to the bottom of the NFL than they are to mm -hmm. being the top, you know, one of the top teams in the NFL. So really I'm looking at this as a, as a project, you know, we're going into 2022 draft, looking at the quarterback position. That's when I think we'll strike and try to get that quarterback position solved at 11. We knew we had to jump the chargers and the Vikings because both of them key tackles. The mm -hmm. fact that Slater was there at 11 is a huge win because he would not have been there at 20. Um, Slater's easily the second best tackle in this draft. Um, I think day one, he'll be a little bit better than Sewell, but Sewell's ultimately going to be better than him. That's why you take Sewell at five and not Slater at five. Mm -hmm. But overall, a huge win for the Bears here because the kid can play. Fields, I, I just, I I'm not taking him this high. All right, there you have it, Bears fans. If Matt Bushnell was the GM, that's how it would shake out. So congratulations on your franchise left tackle. Now on the clock at number 12 is the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and Lucas, you're on the clock with them, and they have a decision to make here. I think I know where I would go if I was making this decision, and it doesn't make me that happy as an Eagles fan. Uh, but it seems like they're committed, sort of, to Jalen Hurts, although they said that there's going to be a quarterback competition. But uh, where do you see Philly going here? Well, with that, uh, with Hurts in mind, um, I'm thinking you need somebody to throw it to. I had both uh, wide receivers from Alabama written down for them, with uh, particularly one in mind if he fell. Um, I think it's a perfect fit. I actually like him a little bit more than the other guy, and it's uh, Jalen Waddle okay. uh, from Alabama. I do like this pick a lot um, for them because uh, with Hurts, with you feel more of a more of a college style offense. Uh, Waddle can do a lot after the catch. Uh, really good. I mean, incredible speed. Uh, I saw he doesn't even need a lot of targets. Uh, had low targets and did a lot with it. Um, so you can show you don't have to throw the ball much, run more, run more option plays. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like Waddle here to the Eagles. Need somebody for Hurts to throw it to. Totally agree with you. Uh, both guys, honestly, both Alabama guys scream Eagles to me. Like I, I, I just could see Waddle or Smith wearing a Philly green uniform. And uh, I think both of them are going to be studs in the NFL. So it's going to be bad for the Giants uh, that Hurts uh, gets another guy to pass the ball to. And they've had uh, bad luck drafting receivers in the first round previously. But I think this guy's a little bit more can't miss uh, than the other two. Um, Matt Bushnell, give me your quick thoughts on Jalen Waddle to the Eagles and then and you're on the clock with the Chargers right after that. I think it's a good pick by the Eagles, getting a wide receiver, a top-tier wide receiver. Waddle, I think if he stays healthy this year, he's Devontae Smith, and Devontae Smith isn't Devontae Smith. But at the same time, um, great, great wide receiver skill set, good catch radius, high points the ball. We saw with Alabama, I mean, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith basically made Mac Jones – so you have to love these two kids playing in a conference in the SEC that is just a meat grinder overall. Hey, keep in mind, these guys played every day in practice against Patrick Sertain. They uh -huh. played against J.C. Horn. So it's not, you know, they, they didn't play against weak competition, weak cornerbacks. So you, you got to love this pick if you're an Eagles fan because it, it buys into Jalen Hurts. And I think Jalen Hurts has the potential to be a really good quarterback. 
Well, there you have it. Uh, I agree. I love the pick for Philly there. Uh, it's gonna, I guarantee Jalen Waddle gives Giants fits in the future if that's how it shakes out. But the Chargers now on the clock, and, you know, PFF says it. Uh, they need a tackle. They need a guard. They need a corner. But, you know, Justin Herbert really shined as the franchise quarterback last year. So they have a decision to make here at 13. Uh, where do you see him going, Matt Bushnell? Yeah, this one's the toughest one of all. So I'm sitting here thinking, no way did I think Devontae Smith would be on the board at 13. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he weighed in at 160 pounds, it's worrisome. But then you take a look at some of the offensive linemen. And I mean, Micah Parsons not going here. Um, I just don't like his skill set. Christian Barmore would be an excellent fit for the Chargers defensively. And Christian Derrishaw is a, a tackle that you could really build off of. But I think when it comes when it's all said and done, if you believe in your board and you believe that you take the best player available, the San Diego Chargers at pick number 13 is taking Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Wow. Herbert getting another weapon to pair with Keenan Allen there. That is, I mean, I I love it. Uh, I mean, I wish I, I always tend to lean an offensive line and I think this is good for Lucas's Minnesota Vikings coming up next, but the the talent level on Devontae Smith wearing that Chargers uniform, the speed, it's going to be so pretty looking here. I I, kind of like this a lot for Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Um, Lucas, what do you make of this pick before you get to your Vikings pick? Uh, I actually like this a lot too, especially for the fact that it wasn't an offensive line. <laughs> but no, I, mean, <laughs> you know, I I do I do like it. Um, you do once you get to that point with Herbert, let's let's surround him. And, and if there is, I'm I'm a big uh, proponent of taking the best player available. Uh, kind of get your team or your needs there. But you know, if you if you like if you like a wide receiver over a lineman, I'd go there that way. And I think Smith is an excellent target for Justin Herbert going forward. Um, especially for a long time coming too. So, yeah, I like that thing. The Heisman Trophy winner in 2020 uh, going to the Los Angeles Chargers. Thank you, Corey Decker, for correcting me. And Matt Bushnell, I believe we both said San Diego. So a quarter in the jar for both of us. Uh, messing that up and we'll have to be aware of the Raiders upcoming <laughs> no longer playing in California so uh, that's something we'll have to keep in mind uh, but now on the clock is the 14th pick highly anticipated Lucas you're joining us for the first time and now your favorite team is on the clock you are making the selection for Mike Zimmer Mike Zimmer's Minnesota Vikings uh, you nailed the first round pick last year with Justin Jefferson uh, what are you planning on doing here at 14? Well definitely have one specific team need over anything else and that is anywhere on the offensive line um kind of filled in some holes other and uh through free agency and some other places but uh it would be a travesty almost not to pick an offensive lineman and even reach a little bit because it's just unless there's a player you really like this this has to be the pick as an offensive tackle um with just atrocious uh for Kirk Cousins uh lax pocket presence anyway definitely needs a good left tackle and I'm going to go with uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Mm. All right. USC. Um, like the big body. Um, he can move around a little bit. Uh, they do like to pull their tackles out and, and run with Cook. Um, good, good, good versatility there, too. And just to be able to uh, protect Cousins, which is the biggest thing that we're looking for here. Uh, cannot – go in a different direction if the if the chart if, if uh matt would have went uh an offensive tackle there with the chargers i may went in panic mode and picked somebody crazy but um <laughs> definitely had barrett tucker from the beginning so i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with him 
All right, you had uh, him over Darisaw, who I believe was ranked a little bit higher. But what what separated uh, him over than over the guy from Virginia Tech? Well, he it's just as I think it's the ability to maybe run block a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. uh, the versatility too. Um, also, I know Vikings fans may be a little little worrisome taking a, a tackle from USC after Matt Khalil, so that that mm-hmm. that maybe scares some people. But yeah, I. Um, I, I just did. I really like uh, Tucker here. I think the Ron Black aspect is so important with Dalvin Cook back there and how great of a year he had last year and the importance he had with the Vikings. Matt Bushnell, what do you make of AVT, as many people call him, going to the Minnesota Vikings? To me, he's your prototypical right tackle. I, I don't think this is a left tackle um, player. But like Lucas said, the Vikings offensive line, I mean, if you've seen them against anybody, it was a rotating door. Cousins didn't have a lot of time. Um, to me, I, I think it's – I would have went Darisaw because I think Darisaw projects as a left tackle in the future. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker does have some speed, but the USC thing worries me. I do not love tackles out of USC. Uh, you know, a lot of them kind of been meh, all right. Um, I think Anthony Munoz was the last great USC offensive tackle. So it'll be interesting to see. They play in the Pac-12. They only played, I think, six games this year, USC did. So obviously you don't want to punish the players, but there's not a whole lot there. You didn't get to see them against maybe one of the top tier edge rushers in college football. So to me, I get it. makes a little bit of sense, but um, I had him as the fourth offensive tackle in this draft. All right. Look, I'm, I like the pick for the Vikings. You know, you're, you're committing a ton of money to Kirk Cousins, and uh, he's not the most mobile guy in the world, so you have to protect him, and it, this is a no-brainer to me uh, to draft offensive line. Look, more teams in general, if you have a quarterback, a franchise quarterback, just draft offensive linemen uh, just, cause, just because. You, need, you can't have enough of them, so it's a position of need for the Vikings and they got a guy that they really wanted. So I like the pick for sure. All right. We're going to move on to the number 15th pick, which is now the Carolina Panthers. And I am on the clock for them. And uh, I still think I'm in a great spot with them here. They, they got an extra first round pick next year from, from the Patriots. Uh, and they get a second round pick this year from the Patriots. And uh, you know, you could argue to go Justin Fields here, but uh, they have a ton of money committed to Teddy Bridgewater and they traded for Sam Darnold. So I don't think a quarterback is a, the way to go here. Uh, I think Matt rule is an offensive minded guy. And uh, I think he, they lose Curtis Samuel, who was a total, uh, like a, just a, a utility offensive weapon for them last year. So I think they're going to look to replace him. And I got the fourth best wide receiver on the board, the fifth best pass catching option right here at 15. And it's Rashad Bateman, the wide receiver of Minnesota going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, look, the guy's a, a, a great possession receiver opposite of DJ Moore. Uh, I really do think he's a great fit for Carolina and that offense. And with uh, CMC coming back, I think this could be an explosive one, regardless if it's Teddy. I mean, more so if it's Teddy. I don't necessarily believe in Sam Darnold, but with Teddy Bridgewater, this offense could be a damn good one. Uh, Matt Bushnell, you, we and I talked about Rashad Bateman. Do you think Carolina is a good landing spot for him? I, I do. Unfortunately, I think the the pick is a little high, but when you see wide receivers starting to go, like they're starting to go now, um, it is a deep wide receiver draft as you get later in the rounds, but can you identify that? Bateman's got great hands, uh, just a really smooth pass catcher. I, I think he'll fit in nicely with Carolina. It will definitely give him a reliable underneath target. And e- either if it's Darnold or if it's Bridgewater, it gives them a reliable offensive weapon 
Um, it, it's a good pick. At the end of the day, Carolina needed a wide receiver. They get the wide receiver, the best one left on the board. They weren't going to draft a quarterback. The tight end just wasn't there. Cornerback, you've seen a lot of guys go. Do you trust fairly? To me, 15th, Bateman, it's a good pick for the Panthers. Yeah, I just think, you know, you losing Curtis Samuel, who meant so much to your offense last year as a wide receiver, too, uh, is a big blow. And, you know, I agree with not paying him. You know, I don't think he's like a great receiver by any chance, but he's a guy you used a ton. So you need to replace that production somehow. And I think Bateman's the right guy for that. Uh, Lucas, you're, I mean, you're the Minnesota Vikings fan. I assume you're not a Minnesota <laughs> Gopher, Golden Gophers fan, but, you know, you're no. in that general area. But I'm sure you've seen Rashad Bateman play a bit. What do you make of him? Uh, I actually have not. I actually haven't seen. Oh no! This is like ever making assumptions. If <laughs> it went down, I I have to be honest. But uh, I mean, as far as far as it goes, um, with with wide receivers, cornerbacks flying off the board here, and those being two big team needs, um, as well as the a quarterback not really left that you like, um, and you already have Darnold and Bridgewater there anyway. Um, I think you go with your best wide receiver available here, which. Is, is Bateman, but yeah, I, I won't lie. I do not know a lot about about Rashad. <laughs> All right, Lucas, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, <laughs> moving on to 16 at the Arizona Cardinals on the clock, and this worked out nicely, Matt Bush. No, I didn't even consider this uh, when I put together the draft order for us. But uh, you're our native Arizonian. I don't know if that's the right way to prefer to or recall, uh, call you, but nonetheless, you're here at 16 at the Arizona Cardinals, and they have an interesting decision to make here because what the hell are they going to do? All the corners are gone, and uh, you know they your offensive team but you know you need to improve your defense so what are you going to do okay so i'm a native chicagoan but i do live in arizona and this draft board worked out perfectly for the cardinals okay tight end was never going to be an option kyle pitts was going to be gone well before this team and they're not going to trade that amount of draft capital so they're in win now mode they need to win now this team's offensive line was not good last year. Now, with the cornerback position being gone, obviously you got Malcolm Butler over there, and you, know, you got some pieces. Obviously, you would like to have another cornerback, but you cannot pass on this talent. The stud interior defensive lineman, the best interior defensive lineman in this draft, Christian Barmore, is drafted out of the University of Alabama by the Arizona Cardinals at pick number 16. It is a huge win mm. for them to get Christian Barmore here. I love the pick. Uh, you get an uh, interior defensive lineman who gets a ton of pressure, and your hope is that he can turn into an Aaron Donald type where he can wreck the game on the inside of the defensive line because that's the kind of guy he could be. I'm not, I mean, Aaron Donald's all their worldly. I'm not saying he will be Aaron Donald, but that's the type of player he is uh you pair him uh with already the pass rushers that you have uh you drafted isaiah simmons last year he's still looking for his role um look you're an already established offensive team i know people like are worried about the running back position but you can get value running back later in the draft um but i i really like if you didn't go offensive line here lineman here this is where i would have gone and you know <laughs> i i know that they are all of all about the offense but you need to be able to stop teams too and you're playing in division with other good offenses so i'm a big fan of the pick here uh christian barmore to the arizona cardinals lucas what do you make of it i like it uh as i said the game is won and lost in the trenches i think mm -hmm. uh defensive tackle uh you can immediately stop up the run maybe even uh generate a little pass rush from in there it's really good uh seems like he's more of a three technique uh 
definitely good to pair there. Um, get some get some good rush on the quarterback um, and plug up the middle there for the, the Cardinals. I think you do go best available player here because you're kind of coming up. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the pick a lot here. I think Corey Decker's a little disappointed, but let me just paint a picture here with Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt. And now you insert Christian Barmore here, and that's a pretty good front. Uh, and if you hope, you know, Isaiah Simmons turns into the linebacker that you hope he's going to turn into, that's some interesting front seven talent you got there, Matt Bush. No, I actually like the, the thought process there. Yeah, I mean, we saw what. How did Tampa Bay beat Kansas City? They sacked mm-hmm. Mahomes. They got him out of his comfort zone. Right. You're playing in a division with Russell Wilson, and now Matthew Stafford, and we're looking at a year of Jimmy G and then probably Trey Lance. You have to be able to get to these guys. And with JJ Watt and Chandler Jones and Isaiah Simmons possibly coming off the edges and you get Barmore to get that interior pressure. This is a huge win for the Cardinals to be able to do that. To me, it it, it made the most sense here. You you weren't going to get the value out of corner. You weren't going to get the value out of a tight end. You could have went offensive line here with Christian Darasaw, but still Christian Barmore is the best player on the board here, and it helps them win immediately. Totally agree. I like to pick a ton for the Cardinals. All right, number 17, and now the most interesting team every year in the draft, the team that just does random shit every time. Uh, <laughs> never really know what they're going to do. Lucas, you have a you have to put on your John Gruden slash Mike Mayock yeah. hat here for, for number 17 in the Las Vegas Got that one right. Raiders. Okay. Um, well, I look at their team needs here, and we've had tackles, uh, cornerbacks fly off the board here. Um, obviously, now a lot of guards. Um, didn't see a safety I like, but I think I'm going to go linebacker here with them. Mm. Get them good on that side of the ball. I'm going to go with uh, Micah Parsons out of Penn State. Wow. Uh, nice pick. A um, little inexperienced, um, good size or decent size though, six foot three, two, uh, 246. Um, I like this pick for the uh, Raiders. I think he had some off field issues and um, is, of course, picking as the Raiders. I'm like, well, you know, no problem there. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I like this a lot. Um, good tackler uh, or some fumbles in his, in his, uh, in his college career, some sports fumbles. Um, just, I really like this pick. I think he's a dynamic player for the Raiders. Uh, yeah, uh, you pair him with Cleland Farrell, who was a guy that they picked way too early last year, but I actually think he could play opposite of him really well on the edge. Um, Matt Bushnell, Micah Parsons falling a little bit further than we thought, but I think it's great value for the Raiders at 17. Yeah, if, if he reaches the ceiling, he's going to be a really good player. Um, issues He has some off-field character issues that you worry about kind of not the most stand-up guy but damn it he feels like a raider does it like everyone we talk about with raiders with like there's something wrong with the guy mentally it just feels like he belongs with the las vegas raiders or the past oakland raiders i think it's a good fit defensively they have to get better they they can't keep on giving up points offensively they did give away a lot of offensive linemen here but at the same time you got to be able to stop teams from scoring I thought, you know, sneakily here at the Raiders, and I'm not sure if it would have made a ton of sense, but maybe Justin Fields here would have been a landing spot. Um, We're seeing this fall, and I don't know where Justin Fields' fall eventually stops, but to me, I I just think that 
it's a good pick defensively. They need to get to the quarterback. If he can turn into that edge rusher that they need, it's a home run pick. If not, middle linebacker could be an interesting spot for him here. Definitely. Uh, love the spot for him, for sure. Uh, great value. 17 for, for Micah Parsons. I mean, he, he could be, I mean, a lot of people think he is the best uh, pass rusher or edge rusher in this draft. So, look, the Raiders, they're kind of blowing it up a little bit off on the offensive line. I mean, you could have gone offensive tack- tackle here, but the talent of Micah Parsons is probably too great to pass up in that spot. So, I uh, love it for the Raiders at 17. All right, moving on to the the Miami Dolphins here at 18. I am on the clock for them, and I think this worked out so well for them. Uh, as we know, the Laramie Tunsil trade is the gift that keeps on giving for them, and this is their second pick in this draft. And they're going to try to replace Laramie Tunsil, and they're going to go offensive lineman. They're going to go with Christian Darasaw, the tackle out of Virginia Tech, because you got two of the weapon already in Jamar Chase, and now you're going to get him some protection in Christian Darasaw. Now, whether he plays right tackle or left tackle remains to be seen, but regardless, you can never have enough of these guys I think he's super talented uh, and you know what the Dolphins could not be happier with him falling to 18 here and look the Dolphins are loading up now because the division uh, everyone in their division seems to be going for it uh, so I, I think that you know Tua, Tua Tungamailoa is the big winner here in this 2021 draft Matt Bushnell Christian Darisaw falling to the, the Dolphins I actually love, love this for them yeah, I, I think it makes a lot of sense for Darisaw to be drafted there to the Dolphins it helps them protect Tua um, the, the weird thing about Tua, and to keep in mind, he's not a right-handed quarterback, mm-hmm. so you have to flip your tackle. So a right tackle is protecting the quarterback's blind side because Tua's a lefty. Um, to me, this signals no more excuses for Tua. They're mm-hmm. going to find out what they have in him. Um, last year, you had a lot of like, uh, maybe he can be, and then you saw, uh, maybe he can't be. So to me, this, uh, this draft is all about no more excuses for Tua. Dolphins are not going to be patient here. They play in a division with the Bills. The Patriots are going to get better. The Jets look like they're on the upswing. So to me, this pick signals we're going to give you everything we can so you need to put up. Yeah, definitely. Uh I'm just going to try to speed this up a little bit here at 19 to watch the football team is on the clock. And I think they got a gift here, Matt Bushnell. If you pull the trigger, you're on the clock for Washington. What's the move? Washington offensively needs a lot here. There's a lot of spots where they could go that they can improve on, but they don't love Justin Fields. They took an Ohio state quarterback and they live to regret it. Mm-hmm. They are taking the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Damn you. Jeremiah Uwusa Kamora. Damn it. He is going to the Washington Football Club. And Hate you. <laughs> <laughs> they had to get him. They had to get him. They needed a linebacker, and it, it fits this defense. It's going to be one of the top defenses in the league with Ron Rivera running that show. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> Oh, Washington taking the guy I love so much. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. Uh, this guy's all over the field on the tape that you watch. He makes, he's such a good tackler. He's in the backfield making plays. He's a great cover guy. I think he's the most versatile linebacker here. I know people love Parsons, but I love JOK so much more here. Um, Lucas, have you got to watch Notre Dame a ton? I mean, I, every time I watch this guy on tape, I just think he pops out to me. I've watched them here and there, and yeah, I agree. The, the versatility is good. I, I see here uh, 11 tackles for loss, three forced fumbles, 
uh, one and a half sacks, an interception, three pass breakups, uh, and 12 starts. So, yeah, I, I agree. Um, definitely, definitely a versatile guy here for the, uh, for the, for the Washington football team. Sorry. I'm <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I like this. I like this pick. I hate this pick as the person who has to pick at 29 with the Giants because uh, that is who I wanted so badly for them. And the whole reason I traded back is because I thought I could get him at 20. So this is devastating. And this is why Dave Gettleman will never trade down because this is how this would play out in real life if this is a guy, uh, so there's a guy he really wanted and they were taken right in front of him. And I think Vince is going to be happy with this, but I'm not happy with this. And I'm just basing this off of what would make me mad in real life because this is how this goes with the Giants. Um, so with the 20th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, the New York Giants are going to select Quiddy Pay, the edge rusher from Michigan. And if you watched the show last week, you know he's my least favorite prospect in the draft. I don't think he's a good pass rusher. I don't think he has very many moves. Uh, I think he's extremely limited. I don't love the prospect at all. And uh, the Giants have a need at edge. And unfortunately, with the pick of the linebacker gone, now Pay falls to the Giants. And I have to live with the guy with a very hateable name uh, playing edge for the Giants. And supposedly, uh, they'll try to rekindle some fire they got with the Jason Pierre-Paul pick 11 years ago today, which is what I'm wearing today. Uh, the best pick the Giants have made in the first round in the last 12 years. But to me, it's just, he doesn't have the size JPP had, doesn't have the talent JPP had. And JPP could uh, could bull rush you, he could spin around you, he could dip under you, he could bend. He had all the talent that Quiddy Pay just doesn't have these pass rushing abilities. He, uh, a lot of his sacks are coverage sacks. A lot of his sacks come from quarterback rolling out and trying to do too much. Uh, there's something to be said, Matt, like you said last week, to being in the right place at the right time. But to me, he's extremely limited. Uh, and there's a term that I used to say about a couple of guys the Giants used to have, which they're incredibly blockable, which when you're playing on the defensive line, you don't want to be blockable. <laughs> to me, he's very blockable and I'm not happy about it. But you trade back to 20. This is the game that you play. Uh, pay the Giants at 20, Matt. Uh, I don't know. What do you make of it? Yeah, well, Fammy asked us to recap how the Giants got to 20. The Bears traded the 20th and 83rd pick in this year's draft to move up to number 11, where the Bears take um, Rashawn Slater. And that left the Giants at 20. They missed their linebacking target. And mm-hmm. Randy, like you said, they got Quiddy Pay. Um, Corey Decker shared an interesting story with me or with us in the football group today about um, Quiddy Pay and everything that he's been through. And he's definitely a high character guy. Uh, yeah. You can't take anything away from his character. Joe Judge will love that. Yeah, yeah, definitely a high character guy. To me, I don't know if this fills a need for them, but if he can turn into a guy that can rush the passer, this defense all of a sudden is very dangerous and very good. So that hinges on that. I'm going to take a wait and see. I almost give them an incomplete here because I don't love Michigan guys. I feel like we've been, um, God, I can't remember the Michigan guy that got drafted by the Packers. Um, uh-huh, Clinton Dix. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Alice, Alabama. I don't know what I'm thinking. Oh, Rashawn Gary, you're thinking of. Yeah, Rashawn Gary. And it feels like the Packers have been waiting on him to take that next step for a long time now, and it just never seems to come. Uh, you see flashes here and there. I hope that's not what Quiddy Pay turns into, hmm. but I feel like that might be it. Yeah. 
not a fan of the pick, but that's the pick I ended up with. And it's sort of me trying to get Dave Gettleman fired through this mock draft. Uh, might be a weird way of going about it, but I've lost all our uh, hope for that. So uh, here we are. <laughs> uh, I'm on the clock again at 21 with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, one of the more complete rosters in the entire league to me. And I love uh, a lot of what they have. What I don't love uh, is their receiving core. And un- unfortunately for them, there's not a ton of great options at receiver. I do think Elijah Moore is really good. I, I think he's really steady. Uh, I love his breaks. Uh, I love his hands. I think it's a little too early to jump on the Elijah Moore pick here. So I'm going to go and maybe jump a little. I mean, I make maybe take a little bit of a, of a risk, but I think that you have Carson Wentz into the building now and you should help bolster that offensive line. Playing next to Quentin Nelson and all the other great players, you can't hurt to draft another guy. And tackle is on one of the list of needs. Uh, I'm going to go with Walker Little, the tackle of Stanford for them. Um, so much of the issues with Carson Wentz in Philly was he wasn't protected. And I think that's going to change in Philly or in Indianapolis, and he's going to be protected big time because they have one of the best offensive lines in the sport. You saw the success Philip Rivers had last year before he retired. Uh, they're going to be a run first team as is, and I think they can find value wide receiver later on. So Walker Little, Little is the pick for them there at 21. Wow. Um yeah, I mean, I can't complain. They got one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Um, right. And Walker Little can definitely come help and bolster it. And like you said, they have Wentz. So if you give Wentz time, you keep him upright, he may be able to take it. I still – yeah, it, it definitely comes on. Who do you like more, Elijah Moore or Walker Little? If you feel better about Walker Little, you take Walker Little. If you feel better about Elijah Moore, you take Elijah Moore. Mm-hmm. So to me, I – I get what the Colts did here. It makes sense. You value offensive line. You keep Wentz upright. So it's what good organizations do. I think they value offensive lines and that's the Colts are one of the more steady and uh, consistent organizations in the NFL right now. Uh, Lucas, let me give me your thoughts on this pick. And then you're on the clock with the Titans at 22 right after that. Yeah. I, I, well, and again, we've had wide receivers, tackles and cornerbacks seem to be flying off. Um, yeah. And it, with Wentz, you, you can't have too much protection, it seems. So I, I don't hate this pick at all. Um, Stanford produces, you know, good good offensive linemen on, on, as that, too. So um, I probably would have tried to find a wide receiver I like there, but mm-hmm. with no other option, yeah, I, a tackle is always a solid pick there. Yeah, I, I think the Colts understand that there's wide receiver value in the second round, maybe the third round even. So they trust their scouts and they're going to get a guy um, kind of like they did last year. Uh, they picked your boy, Matt, Matt Bushnell. What's his name again? His name's escaping me. Uh, from Michael USC. Pittman. Michael Pittman. And they picked him in the second round and he ended up being great value for them there. So they have a great scouting department. And I think that they trust that to have, find a guy on day two. Uh, all right. So that's my justification for the Colts at 21. I, they're also a trade back candidate for me. I could absolutely see them doing that. But at 22, the Tennessee Titans, Lucas, uh, what's your thought process here? I feel like they have a lot more needs than what this is listing. Uh, yeah, I, I actually don't. What the position I'm going here isn't as none of those four listed there. And uh, I have the player that I'm looking for uh, dropping for me as well. And I'm going to go with Trevon Morig. Mm-hmm. out of PCU. Love it for them. Um, I think this is a good fit. For, yeah, absolutely good fit for them. Uh, versatile guy um, can go after tight ends. A uh, little bit bigger size. Not a, not a big, big guy, but he's also not afraid to, to go up at the highest point against the bigger guy. Um, good tackler, solid athlete. Uh, 
I think that the Titans go go value here with him, um, especially considering how far he dropped. Secondary is a big issue for the Titans. So regardless with safety or corner, mm-hmm. he's a huge upgrade. Uh, they lost Dory Jackson. They lost Logan Ryan the year before. So I love this pick. And Trevon could go in the top 20 uh, come Thursday night. I, I really think he's a really talented, big physical corner, uh, big physical safety who can also cover. So it's hard to find that versatility at the safety position. Typically you have the free safety who's the corner and the strong safety who's the box guy who you send on blitzes. So he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Uh, Matt Bushnell, I mean, you're playing in the big 12 as a safety and you have the success he has and no doubt he's a first rounder. Absolutely. Um, I, I think you would hope if you stayed at 20, if you're the Bears, or if you stared at 19, if you're the Washington Football Club, or anybody in the, that pick range, to get Trevin Morig there would be a huge win, monumental. Um, what Tennessee is able to grab here as a, as a playmaker, a defensive changer, um, an erase, mis- you know, he'll erase mistakes. He's that good at the safety position, and to get him at 22 is an absolute damn steal here. For Tennessee, um, you know, this is how things work in the drafts. Some guys get overdrafted. Positional value comes into play here. Some teams draft need over best player available. And that's what happened here with Trevon being able to fall to 22 to a really good organization. And you have to be sweating right now if you're in that AFC South uh-huh. to pair him with Mike Vrabel. Uh-huh. Good luck. No doubt about it. Nice pick for uh, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they need a lot of work on the defensive side of the ball, especially. So I really love your thought process there, Lucas. Uh, now time to go to 23, the second pick in the first round for the New York Jets. Matt Bushnell, you are on the clock. They got their quarterback in Zach Wilson. You see that they have a lot of needs, a guard, edge, cornerback. I would not be surprised if this team is primed to trade back from 23 to accumulate more picks. But they, I believe they have the most picks in this draft. I could be they wrong. Do. Okay. Next year, too. Next year, too. So it doesn't make sense for this team to accumulate more picks right now. When you have a young quarterback, pair him with a wide receiver, get him a weapon. This fan base has been frothing at the mouth saying how they never had any help for Sam Darnold. Well, that can't be your excuse for Zach Wilson. They are taking Elijah Moore here at number 23. All right. Yeah, look, I think Elijah Moore is really good. He's one of the guys that is going to go late first that not a ton of people are talking about, but uh, he's on a bad Ole Miss team and he still had a ton of success for them. Uh, like I said, watch some of the tape on him. He really gets great separation off the ball. His breaks are really great. Uh, love his hands. So pairing him um, with um, the name of the Jets receiver they drafted last year is escaping me, but you know, you have two stud wide receivers on the Jets to put with Zach Wilson. Um, I think you're putting him in a situation to succeed. And, you know, I think they definitely need to upgrade the running back position, but they can do that later rounds. So I think they have good value here at 23. Uh, I think Matt, just to push back, I might've gone Caleb fairly here only because uh, they definitely need secondary help. And, you know, if he can play corner at the next level, which I think he's more of a safety, but regardless the talent level of him, he's falling pretty far some people think he'll fall out of the first round because of back problems but he did opt out is that one of the things you considered when making this pick i think what worries me about fairly is um being someone that has back issues it affects you in every which way imaginable mm-hmm. and to me that's a major red flag uh caleb fairly for me is on my do not draft list Ooh. 
just because I, you can't take a player with back issues. It affects them their entire career. They'll never be the player they could be. And when you draft a guy in the first round, you have to get immediate return on investment. And Caleb Fairley is just not that guy for me. All right. Well, we're going to go to 24 with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm on the clock. Uh, and this isn't where I expected to go with the Steelers, but here we are. Um, behind Big Ben, the quarterback depth chart is not very good. And they have that former failed Ohio State quarterback that you mentioned earlier on the show <laughs> and Dwayne Haskins that the Washington football team drafted. But uh, I think that they need to focus on the successor for Big Ben because Big Ben looks like a guy who is past his prime and looks like a guy who's ready to retire. Uh, Phil Rivers retired, Eli Manning retired. It's time to say bye for that 2004 class. Uh, I think this is a no brainer at this point. If he falls to 24, I think the Steelers by far will be the easiest decision of the night. We'll draft Justin Fields, the quarterback of Ohio state. And this is a good situation for him because he doesn't have to start right away. He can sit behind a guy like big Ben who's won two super bowls, been to the, another super bowl has been in the NFL for 17 years is a consummate professional. Uh, and he doesn't have to play. And I think that Mike Tomlin is a perfect coach for him. I don't necessarily love their offense, but they have young stud wide receivers for him to throw to eventually when he gets in there. I think he's an upgrade on Mason Rudolph. If something happened, where it happened to big Ben, definitely think he's an upgrade on Dwayne Haskins. So Justin Fields, no-brainer pick for me uh, here behind Big Ben. Lucas, uh, Justin Fields falling to 24, I feel like is a gift for the Steelers, is it not? I like that a lot, actually. Um, that is a great fit, and I think that the Steelers jump all over that um, and, and sit them there kind of similar to you know what the, we've seen the Packers do with Rodgers and Love. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the Steelers want to keep that, would want to keep that going since they've had Roethlisberger for so long. Um, I, I think that um, Tomlin and, and that front office also would like Fields a lot. Um, I think that that's I, – I really like that fit, actually. I really like that pick a lot for, for Pittsburgh. And I'm not saying Big Ben's a mentor. Uh, I understand Big Ben's yeah. probably not yeah. going to be that – not embracing uh, the young kid. But you can still learn a lot just by watching somebody and, and seeing how Big Ben goes through the motions pre-snap. A, a lot of things that he does are still next level, and he's a Hall of Famer. So you learn a lot from that guy, whether he embraces you or not. It's the NFL. You can't let your feelings get hurt about that. Uh, Matt Bushnell, I know you don't love Justin Fields, but you can't help but to feel like – you know, at least he gets to sit behind someone and learn and develop in a situation like Pittsburgh. I got four or five guys in the second round that can do the same thing. Okay. I mean, to me, I've said it before. My issue is not Justin Fields, the quarterback. My issue is not Trey Lance, the quarterback. My issue is not Mac Jones, the quarterback. It's these teams reaching for these guys when there's so many better players available. Uh -huh. If you give me Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and um, – Justin Fields I don't think any of them I, I give Trey Lance a fringe late first round grade uh, Mac Jones and Fields to me are second round quarterbacks they're the best of that wow. next bunch um, it's good value here I think for the Steelers to be able to get a quarterback here um, it, it feels like the right fit the right time um, the Steelers are a good situation for him to me I just don't like fields in the first round, but if you see all those guys go, it's like me complaining about an offensive lineman going in the first round when I thought he should go in the second round. Mm -hmm. But when we run on tackles, we never really, you know, criticize those teams that much. So the run on quarterbacks are what they are. You get the best available quarterback um, with, with a pick and a position of need. 
Uh, I don't totally hate it. I think 24 is probably the right spot. Like th this is probably the earliest I would envision him going. <clears throat> yeah. I, I just think that you, you, you have him sit behind a guy like big Ben for a year um, and then throw him into the fire after that. And I think Mike Tomlin's the kind of guy who could embrace him and, and help fix some of the, the glaring issues that he has. All right, number 25 now, Jacksonville Jaguars for their second first-round pick are now on the clock. And, Lucas, you are on the clock with them. Uh, they get Trevor Lawrence, best player in the draft, best player in, you know, God knows how long. Uh, Matt Bushnell says 40-some years. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you get your quarterback. Now you have several needs still. Your number one overall pick. You go 1-15 last year. Uh, you win your first game of the year, lose 15 straight. You're not a very good team. So, uh, you going best player available here. What's your thought process with the Jags second first round pick? Um, it's actually going to work out to be a little bit of both here. I think um, it's not well, at least not listed as team need for them there. Um, but I'm going to go with an edge rusher. I, I wanted to go Elijah Moore when we started getting closer to this pick was seeing if he fell, but obviously he didn't. He's going to give him a wide receiver uh, with Lawrence, but um, and I know the Jags have some decent ones now, but uh, so I kind of went in a couple different directions here. Thought I could go interior linemen that's also a good thing to go with as, as you're rebuilding but uh with with the value here i'm gonna go with jason oa away i'm not even sure how you say his last name uh from uh penn state i like that pick a uh, lot yeah, six foot five uh rushing the passer uh yeah i i figure as, as you're as you're coming up rebuilding you got to get after the quarterback got to get a quarterback protect protect your quarterback get a quarterback and go after the other team so um I think a good Ed rusher here, the best one available, Jason Owa, big guy, freak athlete, um, able to get around, can rush from both sides. Uh, as I saw him fall, I was thinking about that too, so I was, I was very happy about that. Oops. Yep. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with you on this one. He, he does a lot of things that you can really envision at the next level. Um, you want that length at that edge rushing position to be able to get those hands extended and make sure that those offensive linemen don't get into your body. I love the six, five frame. Um, when I was looking at him, and this might turn out to be just like a really, really home run pick and a guy that I compare him to Lucas, and I'm not sure if you would agree with it, but I see kind of a Chandler Jones type of a pass no. rusher here. Yeah, definitely long, long arms, uh, able to get out, uh, he doesn't get skinny very well trying to trying to slip in between things a lot it seems like every problem is just a little technique thing and a lot of that's just getting to the nfl um i agree yeah i mean just a just a big guy at six foot five um and a great athlete can get around side to side sideline to sideline um yeah i do and i do see the chandler jones here um feeling you know just being able to rush uh get around the edge uh yeah, I was I was very surprised that that we were able to get this value here for the Jaguars. Yeah, uh, good good pick for the Jags. The Jags looked like they they are going to be on the upswing. And with that being said, is um, what we haven't seen this in a long time. The Cleveland Browns picking twenty sixth in the NFL yeah. draft. So you know it's it's uncharted territory here for the browns they need an interior defensive lineman they need an edge rusher they need a linebacker and there's just a lot of things i mean fairly would make some sense here to help with the backfield but you know my personal feeling i'm fairly he's on my do not draft list mm -hmm. but 
with the NFL going with three wide receiver sets, four wide receiver sets, we've been in the nickel oh, no. more than we've ever been in the NFL. And I know it says linebacker, but I value my nickel cornerbacks. And I think this guy, you may question him at the start, but Asante Samuel Jr. Oh, baby. is going to be a ball hawking corner. This kid is money. I love him. This Cleveland Browns secondary is vastly improved now. I, you know, I love this guy. Uh, I think he's the perfect nickel. I think he's a little undersized, but he's got the right attitude. And I said, he just finds himself in the right situations to make plays in the secondary. And, and you're in a division with, with great receivers for Pittsburgh. Uh, and, you know, Baltimore doesn't have the greatest passing game ever, but they still have a great rushing attack and a, and a successful offense in their own right. Um, and, and the Bengals are going to be able to throw the ball over the field as well. So you have to be able to cover these teams and you have to look beyond your own division, because when you find yourself in the playoffs, playing the chiefs, playing the chargers, playing all these high powered offenses, you need to be able to figure out how you, well you match up with them so i love this spot for uh asante samuel jr and if he's anything like his father he's going to be a stud uh of a corner and uh lucas you know you you know you don't live that close to cleveland i was just lumped the midwest uh asante samuel jr look his dad was this hell of a player here and i know cleveland probably would want to go edge rusher but regardless you're bolstering that offense that defense when your offense is already really solid yeah i I, especially this late in the first round i Cornerback, you can never have enough cornerbacks. And as you guys said, um, especially with the quarterbacks and, and everybody you're going up against in that division. Um, I, I like to pick a lot. I was surprised to see that Asante Samuel had a son old enough to play in the <laughs> NFL, uh, just as I was with Antoine Winfield last year. So, yes. yeah, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a surprise. But, yeah, I, I like this pick a lot. Nothing makes you feel older than watching players that you grew up watching <laughs> with their kids in the, in the league, right? Like Fernando Tatis Jr. is killing it in baseball. Yeah. And, and I remember seeing Torrey Hunter has a son in the minors. I was like, what the hell? I'm getting old. But yeah. absolutely. Uh, I'll always never forget Asante Samuel dropping that Eli Manning interception in Super Bowl 42. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to lucky number 27 on this April 27th. Once again, shout out to my wonderful mother. Happy birthday, mom. Uh, we're going to move to Baltimore Ravens on their first of two picks here late in the first round. They're very interesting to me because uh, no wide receiver for agency. He really wanted to go there and play with Lamar Jackson. And you're looking at plenty of wide receiver options. Uh, they just traded their best offensive lineman, Orlando Brown, to the Kansas City Chiefs. So you could go offensive lineman. The problem is you're finding yourself in a situation where there's not a ton of tackles or great offensive linemen available. But and I think with the way the Ravens are run uh, and the way they like to play offense, uh, wide receiver are very important, yes. But I think offensive linemen is more important. That's always going to be my philosophy. Games are won and lost in the trenches, as Lucas uh, so gracefully said earlier in the show. To me, I'm going to go with a guy with huge upside, but also a massive, uh, massively low floor. And it's the center slash guard from Alabama, Landon Dickerson, who uh, had some knee surgeries, had some knee injuries, um, but I think he is a stud. I think he could even play tackle. Uh, you, when you talk about Alabama's success, so much of it is 
successful players in the trenches. And I think he is a big reason why. And uh, I think he's going to find himself into the first round. And I think the Ravens need to find a way to replace the successful Orlando Brown. And when you run the ball as much as they do, a receiver is nice. Yes. But if Lamar Jackson is not going to develop, you might as well build off of your strengths. So Landon Dickerson for me is the pick with Baltimore Ravens at 27. As we've said before, can never have enough offensive linemen. Matt Bushnell, Landon Dickerson, do his knee issues worry you a little too much? Did I reach here? We lost Matt Bushnell, Lucas. Matt, uh, Lucas, do the knee issues bother you a little bit here um, for uh, for Landon Dickerson? I mean, I, I don't necessarily think so because he said he's healthy, healthy and he, the pro days are all good. So I, I think he's good to go in my book. I mean, anytime you're talking knees and, and back and, or, you know, just any of those uh, joint or any place you're bending <laughs> with a, with an offensive lineman, it's, it's, it's a little worrisome. Um but yeah, I mean, if he if he's good to go, if if everything's good to go, I, I like the pick a lot here uh, to go center uh, later in the first round for the Ravens. Uh, good to have a good guy to come up with Lamar, uh, even though it's a few years in the league, uh, good guy to put his put his hands under. So um, yeah, I, I like this pick a lot, especially you know you're never going to see a center go that that high in the first round. So I think the, the value here is good, uh, especially to to shore up that in, interior line there on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, I, and like I said, I think the versatility is there beyond center. I, I think, like, when you look at it, like a guy like Quentin Nelson can go and play guard and tackle, and if, God forbid, you ever needed him to hike the ball, he could. I think that mm-hmm. Landon Dickerson in the same aspect, and I'm not saying he's a Hall of Fame-level talent that uh, Quentin Nelson is, but I think it's possible that he is a guy that can have – uh, a ton of success in the NFL, especially in a situation like the Ravens, uh, they who added Kevin Zeitler already, who I think they'd need a consistent offensive line given the lack of consistency in their uh, passing game. Uh, Matt Bushnell, number 27, I see that you're back now, went Landon Dickerson uh, to the Baltimore Ravens, the center slash guard uh, utility offensive lineman from Alabama. Give me your quick thoughts on that before we move on. I don't think you ever go wrong with an interior offensive lineman um, from, from Alabama. I know uh, Jonathan Cooper, I, well, maybe it wasn't Cooper. I forget the guard that came out of Alabama a long time ago. But usually pretty reliable. Dickerson can play center or guard, which makes him highly valuable. Really good value here. I think the interior offensive line is really strong in this draft. You can get a really good one later on. But to be able to nab a guy like Dickerson here, I think it makes a lot of sense for a team that really values running the football so much. Definitely. That's my thought process as well. And like I said, the receivers are deep. You can find value in the second and third rounds. Um, All right, Lucas, number 28 up on the clock. Now the new Orleans saints in a post drew Brees world walking in here with the combination of uh, Jameis Winston and (laughs) Taysom Hill at starting quarterback. Um, But I still feel like they have a ton of other needs. Uh, What's your thought process at 28 for the saints? Uh, too many wide receivers have flown off for me here. Um, I don't see that as a huge need. I mean, yeah, it's a need, but not a huge need for them anyway. Um, decided to go with a linebacker here. Um, I think the guy from Mizzou is maybe ranked a little bit higher, but I'm going to go with uh, Zavon Collins uh, from Tulsa mm-hmm. to the Saints here. Not a huge reach, but I'm going to come up and get him. Uh, definitely what he won the Nagurski Award. Uh just a really solid player that I think Sean Payton will like a lot. I think it's a, just a good fit on that defense too. Um, smaller school guys, Tulsa, 
but um, I think that I, I like the fit here more than anything, especially with uh, needing a linebacker. I feel like the Saints always nab productive linebackers late in the first round. I actually think they're really good at that. So I actually like your thought process a ton here. And, you know, you're playing in the Dome. You need to defend the Bucks and the Panthers and the Falcons. Uh, I really think that you, you can't ever have a good enough good linebackers. Uh, Matt Bushnell, do you think this is a little bit of a, a reach for Zayvon Collins? Or if, you know, you like a guy this much, you pick him no matter what? I actually like Zayvon Collins. I think he does a lot of things that, you know, you – I like him. I think he should be – Ranked a little bit higher. Um, I, I just think he provides value that you're not going to get from a lot of other positions, and uh, some other teams. Like you could reach for a wide receiver. I, I agree with Lucas right there. Like Terrence Marshall is the next best wide receiver. And I, I think he's ranked a little bit higher than what I would value him as. So to me, I, I, I like the pick here. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I could really see those back issues are keeping all of us away from Caleb Fairley now. <laughs> I almost did it, but can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm su- I'm surprised, and I also thought the LSU connection would have landed Terrace Marshall to the Saints, but uh, nonetheless, I still love the pick here. The line, you can't ever have a good, good enough uh, tackling linebackers. But all right, uh, man, Matt Bushnell, you hit the jackpot today with uh, picks for you. Uh, you're hated. Green Bay Packers coming in at 29 are on the clock, and you get to make the selection after the fiasco of the first round that they had last year when they traded up to draft Jordan Love. Yeah, you see, this is my issue. My, this is my doomsday scenario. Do I want to be the bipartisan, um, the guy that does what's best for the team, or do I want to break out my (laughs) hatred for the Packers at number 29? And my God, there is nothing I would rather love than to take Kyle Trask here at 29 for for the Green Bay Packers. You ruin our credibility. Don't do that. I I know. I'm not going to pull what happened last year. I I promised myself that. We are not going to have this on this show. So at pick number 29, the Green Bay Packers are going to take Rondale Moore out of Purdue. Okay. Hey, Purdue had a really entertaining offense, and Rondell Moore was a big reason why. Undersized, the guy's only 5'7". That doesn't concern you at all? No, because what the Packers need, they have trees on the outside. And if you if you watch the Packers, unfortunately, like I watched the Packers this year, they need that slot guy. They need that guy to get in and out of cuts quickly, um, kind of take pressure off the middle. He's going to have a lot of wide open space in the middle of the field. And I think he's going to have a huge impact for the 49ers or for the Packers. And to give Aaron Rodgers that weapon is going to be so instrumental to the Packers to be able to move the ball on offense. I think this pick makes a lot of sense for them. Yeah. uh, Like you mentioned, uh, you already have uh, Devontae Adams, who is one of the best receivers in the league, if not the best receiver in the league. And Marquez Valdez Scantling on the other side. So this guy can plug right in on the slot to me and just be that quick sort of uh, just pest uh, for defenses, uh, almost a Julian Edelman type, uh, just a guy who's going to piss off other teams. And a guy Aaron Rodgers can get the ball too quickly. Uh, and I think that they made a mistake not picking wide receiver last year. They could have used a guy like Brandon Ayuk or someone that went after the Jordan Love pick. So they're sort of making uh, making up for the fact that they did not take a guy last season. So I like the Rondale Moore pick. Um, you know, you're the, Vi- you're the Vikings fan, Lucas. What do you make of this pick for your hated Green Bay Packers? Um, I have to agree with Matt there. They do have some taller wide receivers. I think this he might be a good fit in the slot, um, especially after drafting a quarterback for a splash year and really making your current quarterback mad with that. I think you should probably go wide receiver and just 
just make sure he's happy, <laughs> even, if it, <laughs> even if it doesn't fit. But no, ser- seriously, I do think that is a good fit. Um, undersized a little bit, but I don't think that's really going to matter. Um, I think the Packers will find a way to use them, use them pretty well. Yeah, maybe pissing off Aaron Rodgers worked, though. I mean, the guy won MVP of the yeah. league, right? <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, and Matt Neeland says that this is the new Randall Cobb, so that's a good comparison for him. Randall Cobb was really good for the Packers for a long time. All right, number 30. We're approaching the end of the first round and the end of our mock draft, which finds us at the Buffalo Bills, and I will take this pick because I am the resident New Yorker, <clears throat> and there's many different ways you can go here. The Bills found themselves in the final four, uh, really great season from them. Josh Allen, an MVP candidate, which none of nobody saw us co- saw that coming. Uh, you could go and get him another receiver alongside Stephon Diggs, but I actually kind of like their weapons offensively. Uh, I think they could use an upgrade at running back, but I also think they have enough there as well. Uh, I think you need to go defense because Tredavious White is a hell of a corner, um, but after Tredavious White, it's not a ton to work with there on the other side. So this is where I think the guy who is dropping goes. I think you go Caleb Fairley, the corner out of Virginia Tech. And uh, Matt, I know you, you know we had concerns about the back problems, but the good thing about this situation is that Tredavious White is the number one. He doesn't have to come in and be the number one. He could play safety if you needed him to. I think it's a good spot for him on an already pretty talented defense that if he's healthy, could make them that much better. I think 30 is a good spot to take a risk like this. Yeah. I I just, I can't get past the back issues. If he, if he's a two or if he can play safety, which he may end up going to, it makes sense. I, I like I said, I just, I don't know with a guy like Aziz as jewelry and I butchered his name out there. Um, I think that might've been a better fit for the Buffalo bills at this point but fairly isn't bad. And we just lost our Facebook live connection yet again. Yeah, we, we got a good one in there for a while, but uh, Aziz Ojulari is the guy you were trying to think his name was, um, which would have been a good fit for the Bills too. But I think the, the potential of Farley is, is, is too great there. Um, all right, so that's 30. We got three picks left. Each of us have a pick. Uh, actually, no, we do not each have a pick. It's the it's, last two, and, and it's the last two, and it's Lucas and Matt. So, we don't have to. If you don't want to stress to go through the Facebook live process, that's fine. Uh, for those listening on the audio only platform, uh, you know, keep following with us. We'll post the entire mock draft, Matt will, or one of us will, yeah, in football too. life after the show. We can we can post a screenshot of it after the fact. Uh, so, we appreciate all the participation up until this point, but in order to save some time, we're just going to wrap this up with the last two picks. Uh, and coming in with the last two picks, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, their second first round pick, two picks within five in a row, uh, within five, uh, that's you, Lucas, coming in at 31. Uh, what are the Ravens going to do here? Well, with wide receivers and tackles flying off, um, I go edge here again. Uh, seems like that's all I've been doing is picking edge, edge guys. That's the place I think, or, or linebackers and defensive guys. But, um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips from Miami here. Uh, fell to them a little bit. Um, gonna go ahead and pick him up. Uh, athletic guy, uh, keeps going after play, good motor, uh, gets good off the ball. Um, I, I think Baltimore really wants this guy. As I said, you know, you can get after the quarterback, you can still a lot of the game. And uh, I think Phillips is, is pretty good value here for the Ravens. Uh, interesting story for Phillips. Uh, originally, 
came out with UCLA, uh, had some concussion problems, retired, and then unretired, and then uh, enrolled into the University of Miami, had some success, uh, has some injury history, and the concussion issues are a little concerning, but the talent is truly there for him. And I think he's a big body pass rusher that could be beneficial for the Ravens. So uh, I don't hate the pick at all. I actually, uh, you know, the Ravens are a good situation for just about any player, and I think he'll be put into a great spot. Um with a lot of the great defensive players they already have on that side of the ball. All right, Matt Bushnell, it is time for our version of Mr. Irrelevant, the 32nd pick in the draft of <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions of the world. Uh, I got to admit, I don't think they need a ton. Um, so you can kind of go wherever you'd like here, I would imagine. Yeah, they are going to stay close to home. Obviously, they need to fix um, – I. Well, I, I don't think they need to fix anything because obviously they <laughs> are pretty stacked roster-wise. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Tom Brady is, what, 44, 45? Uh, approaching. Yeah. You can't live off that and expect him to play until he's 50. And maybe he can because he's Tom freaking Brady, but mm-hmm. they are going to take Kyle Trask out of the University oh, of baby. Florida. Wow. Oh, baby. I love it. Okay. I love it. I like yeah. that a lot. You just you can't live with a forty-year-old quarterback expecting him to play forever. And if Brady plays till he's fifty, you can move Trask later on. But to me, you got to get the quarterback when you can. Yeah, look, I mean, Brady's still under contract for two more years, so Trask, in theory, could sit behind Tom Brady for the next two, two, three years. Which, if Brady plays to forty-five, it's just insane. But uh, Trask is a guy who needs to sit and develop behind someone and. Literally, there's nobody to sit behind better than the greatest to ever do it. Uh, I know that there's some dispute on the GOAT conversation, but regardless, the guys won seven freaking Super Bowls. Uh, and if you want to have success in the league, uh, you look at that guy. I mean, there's, there's no one with a more accomplished uh, resume than, than Mr. Brady. Uh, Lucas, you said you love the Kyle Trask pick as well. Why do you like it? Oh, I'll be I'll be honest. I've not watched a lot of Kyle Trask. I just I just like the frame of mind here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pick him up here at the end. You don't you don't need much. Uh, I mean, like we say, stack roster coming off the Super Bowl. Um, I I do like putting him behind Brady now. I think Brady might be like, oh, you know, a little bit more receptive to that. Um, I don't think you know it's gonna obviously set him off in any sort of way. So yeah, I I I like this pick a lot actually. I I think if you know, he comes in knowing you're going to sit. I mean, more so in almost any situation in the NFL. So, um, yeah, I think this is a good project pick. And, I mean, you're not, you're not losing value or anything here, I don't think. No, uh, I, I like Trask. I think he's a big-bodied guy. Sort of reminds me of a, like a bigger Philip Rivers, maybe maybe a Big Ben sort of guy. Uh, not super mobile, but also very physical, hard guy to bring down. Nice touch on the ball. Uh, definitely needs to fix his throwing motion a little bit. But uh, I think you know part of drafting a guy like that is that he will sit behind uh, Tom Brady and learn. So I like your thought process there, Matt Bushnell. Um, now, good pick there, Kyle Trask. So that wraps the bow on the first round for us. What do you, what do you, how do you think we did? <laughs> so, well, I mean, we had some hits and we had some misses. Um, obviously, I think we can take a look at if, if we want to disqualify the first three picks because they all got A pluses. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance all got A pluses. Um, my worst pick in this draft would be the Rashawn Slater pick <laughs> at number 11 for, with a C minus. Mm. 
So, you know, we miss them. Randy, your worst pick was the Colts with Walker yep. Little. That's he expected. got yep, he got a C minus. And Lucas, they just hated number nine, JC Horn. <laughs> oh wow. Just, wow. Yeah, that yeah, it probably wasn't it probably they wanted, yeah, did not want him at all. <laughs> yeah. But wow. as we all know, people are wrong. So who knows about these experts anyway? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to thank PFF for providing us this platform to do the draft on. Uh, I, we've had some technical difficulties throughout this entire show, so thank you guys for bearing with us. Um, before we say goodbye and say goodbye to Lucas, Matt Bushnell, we have some other podcasts that we do on a regular basis. Why don't you quickly tell us about them? Yes, um, the Workshoe Wrestling Podcast is, is going tomorrow with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. Um, they, they Obviously, we have a big Thursday ahead of us. The NFL draft, the 2021 draft, um, we are looking to go live during those picks. So it could be a train wreck. It could be really good. But, hey, stay tuned. Thursday, um, I will be with you. Randy may or may not be. He's kind of an iffy. I'm up in the air right now. Up in the air. Lucas, I think you're joining us for the Vikings when the Vikings get close to picking. I will. Absolutely. All right. I, we, we're going to have Jacob Anthony Moses, Henry Maldonado Jr., Vince Mercandetti, Corey Decker, Felipe Malicio, possibly. So it could be a really stacked show. We're hoping it goes well. We'll see. Um, and then Friday evening, we have the Step Back podcast with Leon Tompkins and Jacob Anthony Moses. NBA season's winding down, getting really good. Sunday, we have the Total Basis podcast with Felipe Malicio and Sean Flannery. And then on Monday, we have Dong City with Vince Mercandetti and Henry Maldonado Jr. And then Tuesday, you guys get to see how bad our mock draft really was <laughs> and how many things we got wrong. Last so, year, I believe uh, I believe in our mocks that we got like three right each. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, and it the first was... two picks were locks of all time. <laughs> we only got three right. <laughs> I forget who were the first two picks last year. It was Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Oh yeah, Joe Burrow and Chase Young. Yeah, I, I actually think I got Chase Young wrong. I did too because I wanted him to go to the Giants, so I mocked him to the Giants. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, yeah, check out all those podcasts, and if you if you like us, then you'll like all those guys as well. If you like basketball, check out the Step Back. Those guys are great, uh, and if you like baseball. For sure, check out the total bases and uh, Dong City as well. And if you like wrestling, like I, like he said, go to the wrestling group, check out the worksheet. Uh, Lucas, uh, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to have your you and your debut here on Football Life Presents the Audible. Uh, I hope you had a wonderful time uh, in your yeah, new admin of Football Life. So, how's everything going for you right now? Uh, pretty good. Uh, just just ready to get this draft started. I'm I kind of a, a an off time to to come in. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a lot. Oh, and now we're having things go on. Uh, free agency kind of was about at that time too. So been a little lull for here for a little while. So I'm ready for some draft and training camp to come up. So yeah, we're excited to have you. We appreciate you coming on and dealing with a lot of these technical problems we've had, and uh, it's greatly appreciated for no you problem. there. So. 
yeah, you know, so stay tuned Thursday. And even if I'm not here, which I'm sure you don't watch for me, regardless, Matt Bushnell is truly the star uh, and expert analysis of the show. Uh, be sure to check out that. I'll still be involved. I might be just doing a draft party thing. So I don't know if I can just be sitting in front of a camera doing Facebook Live the whole time. But I will be sure to react whether the Giants do something that pisses me off or do something smart, which uh, we will see. But I'm looking forward to Thursday. This was super fun. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did because I really enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, we will post the results on Football Live right after the show so stay tuned for that if you missed this show we're going to post the results on there uh you know what uh it's it, like i said it's the end of april it is draft week it is a super exciting time for football so enjoy this uh and it'll be a little bit of a lull and then before we know it spring training and preseason will be back and i'm looking forward to that as well so uh thank you guys for joining us thank you guys for participating wherever you are listening however you may be listening thank you for making us a small part of your day i'm randy hammond on behalf of lucas albert and matt bushnell saying thank you guys so much and we'll see you on thursday